Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, hello, everyone. This is Kennard Levy Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. We have over 300 programs that you can access in the archives. This will be another one that will be added to our huge archive. Um, also, we've been doing this ever since December of uh, 2007. We've been broadcasting for a very long time now. And so it leads to this. It leads to the doomsday clock for 2018 being two minutes to midnight. Why did they move the clock? And I'm not surprised that they moved the clock right away. I'm not surprised about that at all. And if any of you have been paying attention to what's been going on in the news uh, and the increased wickedness of this world, you would understand the reason why the clock was moved to two minutes to midnight. And let me quote this scripture, and this is a foundational scripture for this 30-minute Bible study today, or it may even be more, depending on what yod Vahe or God leads me to talk about. But in Matthew 24, verse 22, it states, and if those days had not been shortened, no human being would endure and survive. And to understand what he's talking about, let's understand the purpose of him even talking in this section anyway. Because people get confused about this. I know that me and my wife went to a, a Jewish synagogue that believes that Yeshua is the Messiah. But they don't believe that everybody should be keeping uh, the Sabbath and the Holy Days and the clean and unclean meats, which is an error of scripture and so forth. But anyway, they were uh, not understanding uh, certain things that... I want to talk to you about today, and you would think that they would understand those things. Um, like one individual taught the book of Revelation and said the book of Revelation is just something for you personally, and it can be used for liturgy, which is an order of services and it involves music and worship and so forth, but it's not to be really taken seriously. That's what they said, you know, and when you get stuff like that, and when people uh, teach you things like that, you, you have to, to understand the Bible properly to be able to tell whether or not they're teaching you correctly or not. And another thing I was going to br- br- bring out, the chapter I'm going to 
go back to here, Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, it states, And as he sat upon a Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately. So this was a private conversation, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign? The sign, and that means the mark. What is the mark of his coming? And it, obviously, they were not talking about his first coming because his first coming is, it had already been accomplished. He was talking to them. And so this must be talking about his second coming. What is the sign of his second coming and at the end of the age or the end of civilization or the end of man trying to rule himself? In verse 4, he stated this significant thing. And Yeshua answered and said to them, take heed that no man deceive you or trick you. And so that's one of the marks of the end times is great deception. And verse 5, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and shall deceive many. Shall deceive many. And so let me focus on this a little bit because this leads into what I'm talking about. One of the major reasons why the doomsday clock is at two minutes to midnight is because of the, the, the rapid deception that is going around around the world about who the Messiah is. And what is his way of life? Most people who call themselves Christians believe that uh, the Messiah is a Messiah that doesn't keep his father's commandments and does not teach others to keep his father's commandments. They believe that all the commandments have been nailed to the cross. And that is not scripture. Based on Matthew 4, verse 4, it plainly states that you must live by every word of God. And that scripture is found in Deuteronomy 8, uh, verse 1 to 3. If you look at that, uh, living by every word of God, he quoted that from that as in the context of keeping all the commandments. And John 15, verse 10, he stated plainly that he kept commandments and he continues to keep his father's commandments today because he's still alive. And so he still continues to keep his commandments. And, and then John 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. So love has something to do with keeping the commandments. That's what Ahava a love is. Ahava is love in Hebrew. And so that's what we have to understand. And then in 1 John 2, verse 1 to 6. 1 John 2, verse 1 to 6. All I'm doing is quoting your scriptures. And you have a Bible. Most Americans have Bibles. Get the Bible, blow the dust off of it, if you have dust off of it, and read it. First uh, John 2, verse 1, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if you, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Yeshua Messiah, the righteous. Verse 2, and he is the propitiation of covering for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the entire world. And verse 3, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And so you don't even know God properly if you don't attempt to keep all of his commandments. Verse 4, he that says, I know him and keep of not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Verse 5, so the truth is not in you. What is truth? Truth is oh, keeping all the commandments. And in Psalm 119, Psalm 119, Psalm 119, 151 tells you that. And then Psalm 119, verse 142 tells you that all of his instructions is the truth. If you have the true spirit of God, which most people don't, and John 16, verse 13, it states this. John 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13. 
It states plainly, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, so the spirit consists of something. The truth is one of those things that it consists, and it consists of all of his commandments. It's come, he will guide you into all truth, not just some truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So you'll also have an understanding of prophecy if you have the true spirit of God. That's a big if. If you have the true spirit of God in you, it has to be in you to change you, to help you to grow. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27, this is what's going to have to happen to any of us if we expect to be in his kingdom. Ezekiel 36, verse 27, I will put my spirit within you, has to be within you, and cause you or influence you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And so the new covenant, which really was created in the days of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 31, Jeremiah chapter 31, Verse 31, behold, the days come, says the master, that I will make a new agreement with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Verse 32, not according to the agreement or covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land, out of the land of Mitzrayim or Egypt, which my covenant or agreement they broke, though I was a husband unto them, says the master. Verse 33, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the master, I will put my Torah, my instructions, my way of life in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. He didn't notice. He didn't say he would do away with the, the law, which a lot of Christianity today are teaching perhaps one of the greatest false doctrines of all time, that uh, the law has been never the cross. That means you don't have to keep the Sabbath. You don't have to keep the holy days. And you don't have to keep the clean and unclean meat instructions, which, by the way, are three commandments that really set you apart from society. And that his people are, are holy people, supposed to be a holy people, set apart people. If they're set apart and there are things that they're doing, it sets them apart from everyone else. All right. So you are not his people unless you have this entire Torah written in your hearts. That's what it means. I will put my Torah, his entire Torah, not just some of it, in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their Yodhe and they shall be my people. All right. And so that is a qualification of being his people if you had a desire to keep all of his instructions, not just some of them. And in James chapter one, I think, it talks about the Torah or the instructions or his law or his way of life. And so in James chapter one, it says, um, I think it's uh, chapter 2, rather, in James chapter 2. It makes a distinction about obedience to his Torah. And let me see if I can find it here. James 2, verse 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole Torah, all of his instructions, his way of life, that's in the Bible, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that says, do not commit adultery, said also do not kill. Now, if you commit adultery, yet if thou kill, you are become a transgressor of the Torah. So speak ye, and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. It's a law of liberty because you're free from the curses. You're free from death if you obey his commandments. That's what you're free from. You're not free to do what you want. You're free from the curses of the Torah. 
And so we have to keep all the commandments. But the most neglected commandment, I would say, of Christianity is keeping the Sabbath, keeping the, the holy days, which is called Moedines in Hebrew, and also the clean and unclean instructions. And the amazing thing about it, these three commandments really set you apart and really play a significant role in purifying you. And true religion or pure religion and underfold before God. People most when people think of worship or religion, they think of bouncing up and down, uh, doing all kinds of things, music and entertainment. But that's not what pure worship is to God. I'm not saying everybody thinks that way, but a good bulk of people do when it comes to worship. James 1 verse 27, pure religion or worship and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fathers and the widows, in other words, the poor in society, in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted. And that Greek word means without blemish or spot from the world. And so we have to be kadosh. We are set apart from the world if you are a true believer. You are set apart from the world, and you're doing things to give everybody the impression, the true impression, that you are different. And in Matthew 24, verse 22, it says, And if those days had not been shortened, no human being would endure and survive. But for the sake of the elect, the elect simply is Israel, but is Israel that has repented, the part of Israel that are the first fruits, because that's another nickname for Israel. It's in Jeremiah 2, verse 3, the first fruits, the first fruits. Those days will be short. Looks like I'm going to go a little over. I can never predict <laughs> how long I'm going to speak. So if I have to, to go off the air, you'll be able to listen to the remainder of this program in the archives, I would assume, in about another hour. So, so, uh, But I'm going to go as long as I need to to get this important Bible study done. But I, I just want to explain who the elect is here, what the Bible says the elect is. It's Israel, but Israel consists now of people of of the tribes and outside of the tribes that believe, really believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And they show it through what they do, not their mouths. Uh, and so let's let's understand who the elect is here. And all you do is do a simple, um, if you have a Bible concordance, you just look up the word elect and you, you'll see all the scriptures that um, that will tell you what the elect is, who the elect is. And in particular, in the New Testament, it really sheds some light on who the elect. The Old Testament says Jacob is his elect, which is true. And those who attach themselves to Jacob are all, all those 12 tribes. Because the 12 tribes, as I've mentioned before, uh, will certainly play a role and ruling uh, society. And each of the apostles will be over each of the tribes. If you don't believe me on that, well, let me just quote the scriptures in Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, beginning in verse 28. And Yeshua said unto them, Verily I say unto you, you which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So, you have scriptural proof and evidence that the apostles uh, will be ruling over each tribe. And then, of course, all the tribes of Israel are going to be leading the world. They're going to be the top nation of the world, and they will rule over, rule over other nations. All right? And right now, we have spiritual Israel and also physical Israel. Um, the goal is really to become spiritually a spiritual Israelite. 
And the scriptures certainly indicate that. We have character. We should be a part of Israel. Ultimately, that's the goal. Even for someone who, through their DNA, is a part of the 12 tribes of Israel. It doesn't really make a difference. God is looking at you being uh, spiritual. That's the ultimate, ultimate goal. And so uh, the elect, let's go back to understanding who the elect is. And you know, there's some simple scriptures that, that describe you what the elect is. Uh, Colossians 3, verse 12, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy, kadosh, set apart, beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, uh, forbearing one another and forgetting one another, if any man has a quarrel against any, even as a Messiah forgave you. And above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness and love is certainly keeping all of his commandments. First five, first John five, first John five, verse three reveals that. And then also people who are the elect and, and they have the peace of the Shalom of God, which involves keeping all of his instructions as found in Psalm 119, verse 165. And it says in verse 15 of Colossians three, and let the Shalom of God rule in your hearts to the, which also you are called in one body and be, be thankful. So the elect is one body, not 41,000 different denominations. Um, and, and these individuals, they, they keep the Sabbath, they keep the holy days, they keep the clean and unclean meats, and they do the best they can to keep all of his commandments, understanding that each and every one of them are important. And they understand that all the commandment keeping should inspire them to care about people. That's why we keep them. That's as simple as, as I can explain. And so Back to the doomsday clock. Back to the doomsday clock and, and the importance of the doomsday clock. Well, actually, I have more time than I thought to speak here. But anyway, this is what is stated here, and you can go to this website if you like. It's the bulletin.org website. Washington, D.C., January 25th, 2018, citing growing nuclear risk and unchecked climate dangers. The iconic doomsday clock is now 30 seconds closer to midnight, the closest to the symbolic point of annihilation that the clock has been since 1953 at the height of the Cold War. The decision announced today to move the doomsday clock to two minutes before midnight was made by the Bulletin of the Atomic Sciences, Science, and Security Board in consultation with the board of sponsors, which includes 15 Nobel laureates. And they have a video, and here's the statement by them, uh, the joint statement. The statement explaining the resetting of the time of Doomsday Clock notes. I quote, in 2017, world leaders failed to respond effectively to the looming threats of nuclear war and climate change, making the world security situation more dangerous than it was a year ago. And as dangerous as it has been since World War II. The greatest risk last year arose in the nuclear route. North Korea's nuclear weapons program appeared to make remarkable progress in 2017, increasing risk for itself, other countries in the region, and the United States. Rhetoric and provocative actions on both sides have increased the possibility of nuclear war by accident or miscalculation. Let me repeat that again. Rhetoric and provocative actions on both sides have increased the possibility of nuclear war by accident or miscalculation. All right, so that is 
significant. Fueling concerns about the potential of a nuclear holocaust are a range of U.S.-Russian military entanglements, South China Sea tensions, escalating rhetoric between Pakistan and India, and uncertainty about continued U.S. support for the Iran nuclear deal. Contributing to the risk of nuclear and non-nuclear clashes around the globe are the rise of nation-state information technology and internet-based campaigns attacking infrastructure and free elections, according to the statement. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I can read all this, but the, the handwriting is on the wall. It really is. Uh, God does not warn. He does warn through his prophets, and in this case, it's, it's through the prophetic scriptures and what he's prophesied that will occur, ladies and gentlemen. And this time that we're living in is a very serious time. And he says, your name is three, verse seven. Surely the master will do nothing, but he reveals his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And he has it in the Bible. Even the Bible hints about a doomsday clock. Uh, it's in uh, Job, Job chapter 34. Job chapter 34, verse 20. States the following. In a moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken away without hands. It's an incredible scripture. And when I read this scripture, I'm thinking about the doomsday clock. And the doomsday clock was created to let us know how close we are in an estimate way to having the capabilities that Messiah said we would have. And it's very important for you to understand that. We're not living in in the first century. So I have about seven minutes left and then I'm going to go off the air and I'm going to talk a little bit more here. And again, let me read this. This is the scripture that you need to be studying. If there's ever a time to, to understand the scriptures now, Matthew 24, verse 22, and if those days have not been shortened, the days of, of nuclear annihilation, the days where we're capable of annihilating ourselves, no human being would endure and survive, but for the sake of the elect, God's chosen ones, those days will be shortened. I think I've explained to you who the chosen ones are. They are his bride. And not everybody can be the bride, ladies and gentlemen. Many are called, few are chosen to be his bride. And you have to be called, chosen, and faithful. And that's in Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. You have to be called, chosen, and faithful. And if you are, then you will be considered his wife. You're faithful by keeping all of his commandments, not some of them. And some people get upset by what I'm saying. I don't care. I only care about preaching the word of God, not about how you feel about it. If you are just being rebellious. And so, and I have to deal with that. Uh, The Bible calls Israel (laughs) The children of Israel, which, of course, includes people who believe in Yeshua, because Yeshua is the king of Israel, then our people, we have this rebellious attitude. If you look at the first few chapters of Ezekiel, that's all he talks about is Ezekiel 2, 3, and 4, how rebellious we are. And we still are today. Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, verse 51, he said, hey, you you stiff-necked, you always resist the Holy Spirit, and we continue to resist the Holy Spirit today. Because we think we know better than God. And we don't. None of us do. And so here's here's the issue, folks. And this is a worldwide message. It should be shared 
with all people. And I hope you do because I offer my teachings for free. I'm not asking for money, even though I would appreciate the donations if you'd like to, to give. Uh, simply go to the website, www.mercifulservantsofgod.com and click the yellow donate button. But in Jeremiah 18, verse 7 8, it says, At one time I will suddenly speak concerning a nation or kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. And if the people of that nation concerning which I have spoken turn from their evil, I will relent and reverse my decisions concerning the evil that I thought to do to them. And this is talking about any nation, including the United States. In Jeremiah 18, verse 7 8, but we have to repent. We have to obey the entire Bible and stop having wicked devilish doctrines that cause division and we have to go by what the bible says if not then this is what's going to happen isaiah 24 verse 5 to 6 the earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the torah that's the reason why that's the reason why we have babies being slaughtered every day up to two to three thousand here in this country it's because we're transgressing the torah it says thou shalt not murder and yet we're murdering right change the ordinance Broken the everlasting covenant, the covenant of agreeing to keep his commandments. Therefore, has the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell there are desolate. And unfortunately, this is going to lead to this point. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. And that certainly involves nuclear bombs. Now, in a description of this program, I also have two links. Uh, I, I encourage you to listen to this very, very timely song by this young lady, 16 year old, 16 years old, incredible, that she had the insight to, to do this. And she's not selling this uh, song and she wants it to be obviously distributed to as many people as possible to warn them. So I encourage you to click on that link and listen to that song. It's a very, very, very timely song. And I really believe God is using this, little, this young lady uh, to, uh, to warn people. And then uh, through her music. And it is now two minutes to midnight press release. You can click on that hyperlink as well. And so, ladies and gentlemen, things are really getting serious. And we must wake up. Okay. <laughs> Even the church. Well, Protestants are certainly asleep because they don't understand that they need to keep the Sabbath and the holy days and the clean and unclean meats like you should. And... But even those who do keep the Sabbath and the holy days, the clean and unclean, they, they don't want to hear about what I'm telling you today. They, they run away, a, a good portion of them run away from reality. They don't want to hear it. They say, well, Yeshua's going to come back on the earth anyway, so I don't even know anything about this. He's going to bring peace anyway, so I don't know anything. No, that, that's, that's not the proper attitude, ladies and gentlemen, about prophecy. And see, our people, they, they just want to have their ears tickled. They don't want to hear about what's going on. Isaiah chapter 30. And then verse 1, let me just give you an example. He says as many times in the scriptures about our people, woe to the rebellious children, says the master, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add to the sin. So if it's not his spirit, what, what are they using? They're using another spirit. And First John 4, verse 1 tells us to be careful and to discern the spirits because there's many false prophets in the world. You know, and I try to tell people that I know personally about this, and they don't want to listen. They want to do their own thing. And they don't want to listen to and obey the scriptures and what the scriptures plainly reveal. And this is one of the many reasons 
why uh, things are getting bad and why the, the doomsday clock has been moved to two minutes to midnight. And so we, we certainly do, for those who doubt that we don't have the capability of um, blowing every man and woman and child off this earth, uh, I'm going to show you that we do. All right. Uh, this is a document from 2007. And you can, you can download this document if you don't believe me. Um, it's called, uh, it, is, it was when it was five minutes to midnight. And in this document, it, st- it states plainly the power of the nuclear bombs that we have. It states here on page, what page is this on? Page 67. And I'm almost going to be going off the air here. And so you can listen to the rest of this program in, in its entirety. I should have put it to 60 minutes. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I'm going to be going off the air for those who are listening to me live. But you can catch the remainder of this program in the archives. All right, so I'm going to continue on here, and then as I'm speaking, I'm going to be cut off. But you can listen to the rest of the program in the archives. And it states here, each warhead, okay, wait a minute, right here, it says, um, the five MPT recognized nuclear weapon states have failed in their obligation to make serious strides toward disarmament, most notably the United States and Russia, which still possess 26,000 of the 27,000 nuclear warriors in the world. This was back in 2007. By far, the greatest potential for calamity lies in the readiness forces in the United States and Russia to fight an all-out nuclear war. Whether by accident or by unauthorized launch, these two countries are able to initiate major strikes in a matter of minutes. Each warhead has a potential destruction force of 8 to 40 times that of the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima, Japan on August 6, 1945. In that relatively small nuclear explosion, 100,000 people were killed and a city destroyed. 50 of today's nuclear weapons could kill 200 million people, and I estimated about close to 1,900 nuclear weapons could annihilate all of mankind off the face of the earth. So, that is uh, one statement, and this that was back in 2007. Uh, we have another statement here, if I can find it. Let me go to, in 2012, another statement that is even uh, more distinctive here. Um, let me see. The world still has approximately, this is from their 2012 statement when it was still five minutes to midnight. It says the world still has approximately 19,500, and I think it's less now, nuclear weapons, enough power to destroy the Earth's inhabitants several times over. Let me underscore that again. The world still has approximately 19,500 nuclear weapons, enough power to destroy the Earth's inhabitants several times over. All right, so that is proof that we are living in the time that Yeshua said. So that is the days or that is, those are the days that he was talking about. And so if you don't believe that, may God help you. But in Matthew 24, verse 22, it says that those days had not been shortened, the days of being able to annihilate ourselves, the days we're living in today. No human being would endure or survive. Uh, We did not have the capability in the first century to annihilate everyone, all flesh off the face of the earth, but we certainly do now. And thank God for the 
for the sake of the elect, those who are the remnant of Israel, those who are really of Israel, obeying him, no matter what color you are, what type of human race you are. If you believe in Messiah and you do the best to, to obey him, you are part of that remnant of Israel that are the leaders of Israel. You are his bride. You, he's going to marry you. But one of the things that we have to do, and I think I talked about this, I'm going to talk about it again. In Matthew chapter uh, 25. Matthew chapter 25. Verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins, which is symbolic of uh, the, uh, his believers, his elect, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Verse 2, and five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Verse 3, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And then verse 5, while the the bridegroom waited, they all slumbered and slept. And this is interesting, verse 6, and at midnight, at midnight, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet them. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. Now, I want you to understand, the wise along with the foolish were asleep. And that is the state of most people, whether they're in Christianity, whether they are keeping the Sabbath or not. That is the state, believe it or not, uh, of most people. They are asleep. They are asleep. And they don't want to hear about what I'm talking to you about today. They don't want to hear the reality of where we're at. They don't want to hear it. And it's similar to uh, what the prophet Isaiah prophesied about our people in these end times. Isaiah chapter 30. First of all, Isaiah 30 verse 1, he says, Woe to the rebellious children, says the master, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. And so the majority of the children of Israel don't have a spirit. And if you're going to get upset with me about that, let me turn to Jeremiah chapter 6. So you got to know the Bible. you got to know what it says. And you got to know what God has said about his people. And if you don't know that, then you're going to be deceived and you're not going to know what you should know about his people and what he has said about his people. All right, so let me find circumcised here. Because he says some significant statements about our people. And, you know, I quote these scriptures to people, and they just don't seem to want to believe what God has prophesied about our people. In Jeremiah 9, verse 25, Behold, the days come, says the master, that I will punish all them which are circumcised with the uncircumcised. So these are people that have the spirit and those who don't. Verse 26, Egypt and Judah and Edom and the children of Ammon and Moab and all that are in the utmost corners that dwell in the wilderness, for all these nations are uncircumcised and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in the heart. And to understand what he's talking about here, let's go to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Stephen says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Spirit. So to be uncircumcised uh, spiritually means that you resist the Holy Spirit. So it says, as your fathers do, so do ye. And we are still like that today, ladies and gentlemen, because the prophet Isaiah prophesied that that would be so. Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. 
we're hard-headed and stiff-necked, and, and, and we just don't want to listen to what he has to say. Uh, people that will listen to this message, a good bulk of you won't listen to this. You won't take it serious, but a few will. Isaiah 30, verse 8, now go, write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. So this is an end-time prophecy. Verse 9, that here we go again, that this is a rebellious people, lying children that will not hear a Shema or even try to understand the Torah or his instructions, his way of life. Verse 10, which say to the seers, see not unto the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us a smooth thing, prophecy deceit. <laughs> Get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. You know, so in verse 12 of Isaiah 30, it says, Wherefore, thus says the master of Israel, because you despise his word and trust in oppression and perverseness and say thereon. And so he says, therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall and coming at an instant. And so our people are prophesied to act like this in the end time, ladies and gentlemen. And the majority of us, and I know I'm a minister, I see it. I see it even in the, in the Hebrew Roots movement. That's a movement of people. For those who are listening to me for the first time or don't understand you need to keep the Sabbath and holy days and clean and unclean meats, that's a movement of, of people that understand they need to do that. But yet they get off into these other confusing doctrines and, and so forth because there's no structure in the movement. There's no council of elders, and it should be a council of elders. In the movement. And there's other um, different sects or assemblies uh, that are true believers, and they keep the Sabbath and the holy days, but they have other issues. Our people have always had issues. <laughs> there was certainly various sects during the first century, and there still are today. But Revelation 2 and 3 reveals the problems, the main problems of, of believers who, the true believers that are keeping the Sabbath and the holy days and, and the clean and unclean meats and, and all the other commandments. And so this helps you to understand and see, I want you to notice something that says that these individuals, they want to talk smooth. They want, they want someone to talk smooth, smooth thing. And that Hebrew word means flattery. Okay, deceit. And over in, I think it's in First Timothy, First Timothy chapter four, verse one. Now the Spirit is speak of expressly in the latter times. This is the the, the time we're living in today, in the twenty first century. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And there's there's quite a bit of things that I experience. People are seared no matter what I tell them. They do not want to believe what I'm telling them. I can quote them several scriptures after scriptures, and they don't want to understand. This type of sentiment or feeling or attitude is the reason why God is going to allow, if we don't repent, he's going to allow nuclear destruction where most of the population of the earth, a good bunch of it, will be destroyed. Not only because of nuclear bombs, but other weapons of mass destruction. And so it's going to be other things that God's going to do himself to contribute to that. And so anyway, again, Jeremiah 18, verse 7 to 8, it says, At one time I will suddenly speak concerning a nation in the kingdom that I will, that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. And if the people of that nation concerning which I have spoken turn from their evil, 
I will relent and reverse my decision concerning the evil that I thought to do to them. That's in Jeremiah 18, verse 7 to 8. That's a, certainly a timely scripture right now. Now, we must learn how to love each other and start to obey the true doctrines of God, or there will be worldwide devastation. There will be worldwide devastating destruction, which will result in the following. Isaiah 24, verse 5 to 6. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof, because they have transgressed the Torahs, or the laws, or his instructions, his ways of life, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant, therefore has the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. And that certainly includes nuclear destruction, ladies and gentlemen, nuclear bombs. And again, if I didn't mention to you earlier, please click on the hyperlink to listen to the, the Midnight Lyric video by the young lady, 16 years old, Ariel, that's her name. Please spread her song. Please spread it all over the Internet. I hope it goes to world leaders so they can listen to it. And, and a miracle happens when they start reading the Bible and believing everything it says. And then also click on the hyperlink for the press release of the move of the doomsday clock to two minutes. And so, ladies and gentlemen, my message is simple. God's message is simple. Believe all his words. If you don't have access to his words, pray that he can provide it to you. If you have an internet, uh, you, you can get his words over the internet. Start studying his words. Stop resisting because whenever you resist him, you don't want to obey him, you won't receive the ability to obey him. Let me explain that to you. And uh, first, actually, the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 22. It says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity and the scorn is delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge? So, God calls you a fool if you hate knowledge. Verse 23, turn you at my correction or reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. So it's only through the Holy Spirit that you're going to be able to understand those words. But if you don't want to be corrected and if you don't want to be taught, then you won't receive the spirit to understand his words. Verse 24 of Proverbs chapter 1, because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Verse 25, but you have set at naught all my counsel. And with none of my reproof. Verse 26, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. Verse 27, when your fear comes as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind or a hurricane. When the stress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the master. They would none of my counsel. They despise all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices for the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoever hearken unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. And so that's the key to receive the Holy Spirit to help you understand the Bible. You have to be open to correction. And also in Acts chapter 5, verse 32. Acts 5, verse 32. It's mainly is plainly reveals in Acts 5, verse 32, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to them that obey him. If you don't obey him, he's not going to give, and if you don't continue to obey him, you're not going to continue to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit really is the key to cleansing you and to help you obey his commandments. 
And in First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 22, states plainly, seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that, love, that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. All right, so you purify your, we purify our bodies and minds by obeying the truth, and we obey the full truth through the spirit unto unfeigned, in other words, it's honest love of the brothers, seeing you love one another with a pure heart fervently, like you mean it. And so that's the key, ladies and gentlemen. This is a simple message. I don't want to make it complicated, but we are at the door. We're two minutes to midnight. We need to wake up, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have a lot of time left. We have Bibles here in the Western nations. We need to really study it and start to learn how to keep the Sabbath, keep the holy days, and keep the clean and unclean meats. And God is not calling everyone to do that. And so I know that this message is for those who are being called, who are being woke up to be his bride. And he's saving the elect also so that elect, will be able to assist him with saving most of mankind. And so that's why he has to stop these things so his elect can complete their process of becoming like him, becoming like um, their husband. And the marriage will be consummated in a spiritual way that I don't understand. And then we're going to save the rest of humanity. They're going to become our children. That's what his plan is all about. And I explain this in my book, that you can get for free. It's www.howgodcalls.com, www.howgodcalls.com. The good news is that most of humanity will finally get it, ladies and gentlemen. They, most of humanity will be saved. I explain it in my book, www.howgodcalls.com. That's with an S at the end, howgodcalls, with an S at the end, dot com. Uh, please uh, get your free copy of the ebook, and it will really change your life if you believe the scriptures that are quoted and the document, you look them up and study them. And so, folks, let's, let's uh, pass this important Bible study to other people. Help them to understand that we are at a critical point in world history. And the thing to look for now is a Middle Eastern war. Isaiah 17, few, the few verses there, says that the mosques must be destroyed, and it will. And Psalm 83 talks about a Middle Eastern war. So those are the things that are going to happen, that must happen, to uh, play a role in bringing on the Great Tribulation. And so, folks, we're at two minutes to midnight. Let's take it serious. I don't want you panicking, but uh, we can't be in the dark about these things. And we have to prepare spiritually and physically for it. And so this, this program is just to warn you that time is running out that each and every one of us has to repent, but collectively as a whole, we have to repent to avoid a nuclear war from occurring. If we don't do that, the nuclear war is going to happen, folks. It's definitely going to happen. And so may y'all bless and keep you, and y'all willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. 
But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.